Well, good morning, church. Glad you're here this morning. Hopefully, if you're, if you're brand new, your first time here, I just want you to know my name is Doug, and I am the East Campus pastor here, and we're delighted you're here. I hope you enjoyed uh, the uh, muffins and the fruit and the biscuits and gravy. In fact, let's show a round of appreciation for all those that prepared that. They were awesome. We only had one injury in the process, but we're glad that you enjoyed it this morning. And more than that, listen, more than you enjoying the the, the food that we had this morning, the food that we were offering this morning, I hope greater than that, that you've experienced and you've sensed something about our church, that you've sensed that this is a place where you are loved, where you're welcome, a place where you are not just anybody, but you are family. Incredible job at loving people. And so I hope you felt that and sensed that since you've been here this morning. Now, one thing I love about people, there's a, I, I love people, I'm a people person, but one thing specifically that I love about people is this, every person has a story, right? Do you believe that this morning? Say amen. Everybody's got a story. So if I could sit down with some of us, part of a, maybe many of our stories is that story of when we decided to, to propose to our spouse and, and that journey of getting married. And for some of you, that was a painful part of the story, so we won't go there. But for many of us, it was exciting. I mean, even though it took her like five minutes to say yes, it was still a great part of my life. And, and so for many of us, we have that story, right? That story of how we met our spouse. We got engaged and we got married. For many of us, our story is wrapped up in the raising of our kids. I mean, have you ever met that person that when you tell anybody knows kind of people? Okay, you know what we say about those who don't raise their hand? You're the people we're talking about, right? So you know people like that, right? So for many of us, our story revolves around our kids and the raising of our kids. For some of us, our story is about our journey of our career, the path we've been on to get to the place in our career that where we are at now. But for a large majority of us, a large part of our story is about how we've navigated the joys and the pains of life, right? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. So if I were to ask you, don't answer out loud, but if I were to ask you, what is the most important part of your story? You know what you would say? If I were to say, what is your story? Could you share that with me? Could you tell me your story? And if in particular I said, what is the most important part of your story? Do you have an answer for that? See, today I want us to meet a guy. I want to introduce the guy. His name's John the Baptist. And John the Baptist this morning, what we're going to find out is that John the Baptist had a story. And in the story we're going to read, in the narrative we're going to read, John was forced to share his story, but he also did it willingly. But I want us to look at what was John's story. And hopefully at the end of today, we'll discover that his story should be our story. So if your Bible's on be in John chapter 1 this morning, John chapter 1. Now as we look at John chapter 1, beginning in verse 19, there's three things I want us to know about the passage. On the back of your blue handout, you can take notes. But the first thing I want you to notice about John's story is I want you to first of all see the interrogation of John the Baptist. John is being interrogated. Now, why is he being interrogated? Because John the Baptist was a guy that would go out into the, the wilderness and go out to the, to the no region, the, the regions where the wanderers were at, and he would basically just be talking about a person and those that were the religious people of the day, those that were the high-end pastors of the day, were nervous about what John was saying, so they called him in to interrogate him. So I want you to look at the interrogation. Look at me, verse 19, verse 20 through 22. It says this. And this is the testimony or the story of John. 
when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem, this is just the religious people of the day, when he sent them there to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, well, are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? So here's the first question that he's asked. Who are you? In other words, John, what is your story? We know what you've been doing. We know what you've been talking about. This one that's coming, that's going to save people and not just change their life, but change eternity. And so, John, we got to know, bro, what is your story? There's something different about you. What is your story? So John says, listen, real quickly, this guy that I've been talking about, it's not me. I'm not the Christ. And if you think I'm somebody important like Elijah or the prophet when they said, are you these guys? No, I'm not. So John, what is your story? Who are you? Look what he says in verse 23. I love this. He said, straight the way of the Lord as the prophet Isaiah had said. In other words, here's who I am. You ready? I'm just a voice. You know what that means? I'm a nobody. I'm a nobody. I'm not important. I'm not significant. I'm not the one that you come to look. I'm not the Christ. I'm not even a prophet like Elijah. I'm not even a really a famous prophet. I am just a voice crying out in the wilderness. I'm a nobody. And listen, I just got one message. Make straight the way of the Lord. In other words, here's my story. Are you ready, priest? Religious leaders, here's my story. My story is to help. That's my story. That's it. My story can be summed up in this, is that my job is to help other people say, you need to prepare your heart because Jesus is coming. Now, this did not suffice. This was not a good enough answer for the religious leaders. So they pressed on and they asked him another question. Look at me, verse 24. Now they had, uh, it says, now they had been sent from the Pharisees and they asked him, then why are you baptizing? If you were neither the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet, John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across Jordan where John was, was baptizing. Now here's what John says. Listen, they say, why are you baptizing? If you're insignificant, if you're a nobody... If you're not a prophet, if you're not Elijah, why are you doing this? Why are you on this crusade to point people somewhere? Why are you doing what you're doing? He said, listen, that's part of my story. See, I baptize with water, but there's somebody coming who's going to truly make people clean. This water doesn't clean us up. This water doesn't make us right with God. This water, the reason I'm baptizing is because there are people that decided they want to turn from their sin and turn to God. They haven't put a name with it. They haven't put a face with it yet. But I'm just letting you know, there's the people that I'm baptizing are saying, I want to begin the journey. But there's somebody coming whose sandal I'm not even worthy to untie. Now, what is John saying? You ready? Here's what he's saying. Here's my story. You ready? To appoint people to Jesus. That's it. The story of my life is to appoint people to him. Now, notice for a minute, was John a narcissist? Was life all about John? Come on, church. Was it about him? 
Did John lay out his accolades? Did he lay out, hey, before I was ever born, this angel appeared and, and told my mother she was going to give birth and my dad laughed and so he had to be quiet. For, he said, the story of my life is about pointing people to the only one that can change their life. And listen to me, because for many of us in the room, we would say that we're followers of Jesus, right? Are we a, vo a voice in the wilderness in our world? If I were to ask you, what is the greatest part of your story? What would you say? Oh, Doug, look at the accolades that I've accomplished. Look at my portfolio. Look at the awards that I've won. Look at the money that I have. Look at the cars I drive. Look at the 4.7 kids that I have. I and mean, whatever it is, I mean, look at all the stuff that I've got. The greatest story of your life is if you're pointing people to the only one who can change their life. But John doesn't stop there. We start with this interrogation, and then it moves on. Look with me in verse 29. The next day, he saw Jesus coming toward him. This is awesome. And he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. In other words, Jesus always existed. I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I, I, I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel, the Jewish people. And John bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. The second thing we see is, yes, we see this interrogation where he says, part of my story is pointing people to Jesus. But the second thing we see is John entered Messiah. Now, why is that important? See, John just didn't believe part of his story was pointing people to Jesus. John knew that part of his story was explaining who Jesus is. Did you pick up on what he said? Behold, in other words, look right there. The Lamb of God. Now, the Lamb of God is an interesting phrase in the Bible. It has a lot of meaning to it. Now, for the Jewish people that would have been listening and reading what John wrote, they understood the idea of lambs. We don't do it as much today, hopefully not at all. But lambs were used in ceremonial sacrifices in the temple. And hopefully with the shedding of that blood, they would receive forgiveness from God. So that's what lambs are for believe that we have said things, done things, and thought things that separate us from a holy God? Sure we have. And they believe that the only way for us to be right with God is if blood was shed. Why? Because the Old Testament tells us without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Now here's what's fascinating. The Jewish people were looking for God to send the Messiah who would sit on a throne as a king and reign and rule over Rome. But instead of God seeing them a king who sat on a throne, he says, behold, a lamb. He didn't send the king to sit on the throne to reign over Rome. He sent a lamb. Now, what does that mean? That means this guy is going to be sacrificed for you and for me. He says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of what? The world. In other words, there's only one sacrifice sufficient to take our sin away. And it's not by the lambs that we have. It's by the precious blood of the Savior, by the blood of the Messiah, by Jesus. See, listen, here's what's so important. John says, here's my story. I want to point people to Jesus. I want to be a voice in the wilderness telling everybody there's only one person that could change your life. But also, part of my story is explaining who Jesus is. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Son of God who came that was going to die for our sins 
and take them away. See, what John wanted us to know was that Jesus is the Messiah. And only when we put our faith in him does he put his spirit in us. Right? Only when we put our faith in him does he put his spirit in us. And what John is letting these people know is this, that the person you've been waiting for, because listen, these religious leaders were still waiting for the Messiah. They were still waiting for the Savior of the world to come onto the scene. And here's what John is saying. The person you've been waiting for, the person you've been, just a sidebar. How cool would it be if Jesus just walked through the room today? And I could stop and say, Doug, stop talking. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's the moment that happened here. Now, for some of you, listen, some of you, you may not have a relationship with Christ. But can I say this with a lot of love in my heart? That the very thing you're looking for, the very thing you're longing for, like peace, hope, joy, forgiveness, it's not found in anything this world offers. It's only found in the Lamb of God, Jesus, who died so that our sins might be forgiven. And so John says, listen, here's my story. You ready? Here it is. Here's my testimony to point people to Jesus, but also to explain who Jesus is. But there's one more part to his story. Look with me in verse 31 again. He said, I myself did not know him, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water that might be revealed to Israel, the Jewish people. And John bore witness, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. And I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and have borne witness that this is the Son of God. Here's the last thing I want you to notice. We see the interrogation of John the Baptist, the introduction of the Messiah, and here's the last one. We see the invitation to follow Jesus. Now, why in the world, to these religious leaders, would John just say what he said? He just said this, I baptize with water. That's of really no use. It's just a picture of people wanting to turn to God. But there's one who's coming that when we put our faith in him, he will put his spirit in me and in us why would John share these things with the religious leaders who were already skeptical, who already were on high alert, who already wanted to possibly kill John the Bible? Why would he share it? Because John wanted them to understand this basic truth. Are you ready? Listen to this. He wanted them to understand that only through faith, not works, only through faith, not performance, only through faith, have forgiveness of sin. Only through faith. And faith that Jesus is who he said he is. The son of God who is going to die on a cross for our sin. And only through faith could we have eternal life. And only through faith would God take his spirit and place it in every single one who believes. Now what does that spirit do within us? It guides us, right? The spirit of God in our lives guides us. It comforts us. How many of you ever had a bad thing happen in your life? Anybody? And if you're a follower of Jesus, has there ever been that moment that you feel like God had wrapped his arms around you and let you know that no matter what you're going through, I'm with you? Even though you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, I am with you. You ever felt that? That's a spirit of God comforting us. But it's also that same spirit 
that empowers us. And see, John says, to all this I bear witness. In other words, I'm telling you all this because of this reason. I want you to turn from what you believe, and I want you to turn to Jesus. I want you to behold the Lamb who takes away the sin of the world. So what John is giving us is an invitation. So if you were to ask John, hey, what is your story? Here it is. You ready? My story is to point people, to be a voice in the wilderness, pointing people to Jesus. My story is to explain to them who Jesus is. He's the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world, who died on the cross, so we put our faith in him, they can have eternal life. My story is taking the, the pointing and the explaining and inviting people, do you know Christ? Would you follow him? I have a question for you. Who's the hero of your story? Before to your story, who's the hero of your story? For many of us, before today, it would be who? Ourselves. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. So who this morning, with all transparency and all honesty between you and the Lord, ask yourself this question, who's the hero of my story? Because way too many times, Doug is the hero of his own story. And you may wrestle with that. So here's the challenge. You ready? Would we choose today to be a voice crying in the wilderness? A voice that points people to Jesus. A voice that explains to people who Jesus is. And a voice that invites people to follow Jesus. Would we make a commitment to be a voice and not be silenced? Can I just say something? Everybody look at me for a moment. In the world we live in, too many Christians are silent about their faith. If your faith is worth having, it's a faith worth sharing. Amen? Amen. And many of us need to be compelled to stop being silent and start being a voice, pointing people, explaining Jesus, and inviting people to follow him. And then if you're here this morning and you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, here's what I want to challenge you with. Today, you've been introduced to the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Today, you've been introduced to the one who came to this world, sin, and to go perfect life, only to take your sin and my sin and to go to a cross, and to die a criminal's death, someone who was innocent, to die a criminal's death because why? Because he loves us. And today, you've been introduced to him, and I want to do what John did this morning. I want to invite you to follow him. Would you be willing to do that this morning? And in fact, what would be holding you back? See, here's what I know, and I, I think we all kind of know this. I think for most people, if you read the statistics, most people in the world today, probably we, everybody believe that there's some kind of life after death. I'm telling you that if you believe this book, we, everybody lives somewhere forever. The question is, where are you going to spend it? If you know Jesus, if you've made that decision, you're going to spend it with him forever in heaven. And forever, you know how long forever is? Forever. forever. <laughs> Listen, without end. Our finite brains cannot comprehend that. But if we don't know Jesus, if we've never received the gift that he's offered when he died on the cross, and we've never received that, 
We will spend an eternity apart from Jesus. Once again, with no end. And I just want to invite you this morning, if you don't know him, would you just surrender to him? I know what some of you are thinking that don't know him. Some of you are thinking, well, Doug, you don't know what I've done in my life. You don't know all the sins I've committed. You know the pain. You don't know the struggles, the addiction. Hey, I don't know all that. Nor do I care. Because he doesn't care. All he cares about this morning is that you have a heart to surrender to him. And here's what I've learned. I'm 50 years old. Ooh, that sounds old. I'm 50 years old. Here's what I've learned. You ready? That when the Lord gets this, he changes my behavior. When the Lord gets my heart, my behavior will follow. So don't worry about cleaning your life up. You just surrender it and let him do that works. So right now I'm going to ask everybody to stand with me. If everybody would, stand with me. Every head bowed and every eye closed.